I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Eureka, the show that searches for answers while reveling in ignorance, as we invite a new expert every week to help us answer one of science's most interesting questions. I'm Rick Edwards. And I'm Dr. Michael Brooks. That suggested tagline was from Joe Thurston. I personally find that mildly offensive. (laughs) (laughs) Searches for answers, fine. Yeah, we're not reveling in ignorance, are we? We don't revel in ignorance. Well, certainly not intentionally. No. <laughs> Maybe it sounds like we are. <laughs> I, I think, think, if anything, we sort of revel in, in, I think in Joe's knowing stuff. To, I mean, Joe's really pushing it quite Joe's a, taking the piss. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure, we're, I'm not sure we're going to have Joe as a listener in future. <laughs> yeah, you can behave yourself. No, we need the listeners. Keep, keep listening, Joe. But uh, I'm going to reject the tagline. But it's that, you know, it's that one, one rollout. What about the one science show that doesn't need Brian Cox? That's quite good but quite provocative I mean I completely agree but I would probably argue that no science show needs Brian oh yeah no that's a good point yeah Yeah. one of one of the many science shows that doesn't require the input of waxy faced enthusiast (laughs) Brian Cox it's a bit long, isn't it? It is a bit long. Yeah. We don't necessarily it, need I mean, to the say waxy-faced right. enthusiast, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> His own waxwork, Brian Cox. <laughs> so this week I thought we'd take on something um, really tricky that we won't be able to answer. <laughs> well, every now and again we do Reveling in our own ignorance. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Except in this case, I think everyone is reveling in their own ignorance because I don't okay. think anyone particularly has an answer. Or we're reveling in the in ignorance. The collective ignorance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Um, so we're ex- going to explore consciousness. <laughs> Are we? And I guess How long the have question we got? Is, yeah, quite. The question is something like, will we ever understand consciousness? And yeah. if you can't be bothered to listen to the episode, <laughs> I'll tell you right now, Spoiler. the answer is no. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, thanks very much. That's to, uh, not true, yeah. though. I'm, I reject that. So, oh, do you? Yeah, because oh, do you? we don't know that we won't understand it. And no, lots of people I, think we do understand it. It's just that nobody agrees with their explanation of it. I'm not sure you'd So, like, Dan any... Dennett wrote a book called Consciousness Explained, in which he says, I've solved it. No, 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 but he he basically just says... <laughs> no, he, he totally... It's like such a getter. It's such a cop out his argument. I know it's sleight of hand. Yeah, it's complete sleight of hand. But, but at the same time, he basically says, "Oh yeah, no, that is really hard." But it's we don't need to answer that question. <laughs> That's effectively what he says. Like, I mean, I can do that. They go, no, 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 yeah. no, no need to think about that. Yeah, yeah. So I think even the people who say they they have got an answer, 
they're just shifting the goalposts so much that it becomes an answer to a different question. But I, I think there's no... I mean, I'm probably getting ahead of the game here a bit, but mm-hmm. I don't think there's consciousness researchers who wake up in the morning and think, oh, what's the point? I mean, I, I think they genuinely think we can we can get somewhere but with I, But I think, you know, m- making progress on it is slightly different to sort of coming up with a definitive description of it. It's really. So I do mean, you think they so would accept that it, they're never, they're never going to get, or we're never going to get an answer? Well, I think it's quite possible it'll never be a satisfactory answer. Okay, um, and we're definitely sort of, getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, here. yeah, no, but, I think we are. But we yeah, are. okay. Um, but I mean, okay, if I just ask you to try and define consciousness, even that, oh, is, can't be is, done. No, it's really tough. Yeah, I mean, I've been on panels with people and and sort of All right, know, big man. We've all been on panels. <laughs> big big panel of, of like well, big con- panel is it consciousness now? <laughs> oh, right, okay. And you you just say <laughs> what like, what the hell were you doing there? <laughs> no, I was hosting the panel. Oh, okay. I thought you just wandered in by mistake, <laughs> like that taxi no. driver on BBC News once. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I was hosting a panel on a day-long thing on, on consciousness. And, and, you, and the you first question was, yeah. No, Were you there? Yeah. Uh, no, I went to one. You went to one on yeah, something. Yeah, but I don't think you were doing it. Were you doing it? Of course I was doing no, it. No, I went to there. one. An you AI pay one. for it, would you? Actually, no. Yeah, it's true, actually. No, I went to an AI one I'd that you were doing. I'd you in for free, anyway. And I don't yeah. think... Well, consciousness could have come into that, but I don't think it did. No, okay. Yeah. Anyway, the point is, I asked them to define consciousness, and they all just said no. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like... Well, so what there, do you well there's no? your answer then. <laughs> if you can't agree on the, the definition of the thing you're trying to define... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, what I'm saying is that this entire episode will be pointless, but quite fun, nevertheless. <laughs> no, not pointless. <laughs> Interesting to talk about. Yeah, yeah. But actually, do have a go. Consciousness is the... F- phenomenon that's enough (laughs) miserable stuff (laughs) I mean there's never a a phrase that has tried to buy more time than it's a phenomenon (laughs) where you can see uh, certain properties it's attention isn't it consciousness is attention okay let's give up on that Close your eyes for a moment and take a deep breath. What are you thinking right now? What are you feeling? Are you aware of your surroundings? This is consciousness, the subjective experience of being alive and aware. For centuries, philosophers, scientists and spiritual leaders have tried to understand the nature of consciousness and yet we still don't have a clear answer. Some believe that consciousness is purely a product of the brain, while others argue that it's a fundamental aspect of the universe woven into the fabric of reality itself. But what is the truth? Can we ever truly comprehend consciousness, or is it simply beyond our grasp? That's why this week we're asking, will we ever understand consciousness? So we've actually got the the big Don for this one, Anil Seth. Oh, okay. If you're going to talk about consciousness, you want want Anil Seth. You and him have something in common that you're probably not aware of. Um, It's not your your desire to understand consciousness. uh, Is he... Does he have a bad sense of smell? No. Um, did he give up doing maths and then do a science degree? No. That was not a bad guess, though. Yeah. Um, is he... Well, he looks quite tall. Is he six foot five? No. Um, oh, are you one of these people that just keeps guessing? Well, like, what, what do you want me to do? Oh, my I don't know. God. What do you, I don't know. What's, what's the protocol? <laughs> uh, okay, three you, guesses. You do I'm two out. two or I'm three out. guesses and then say, oh, I okay, don't know. Right. Go on, I tell don't me. Know. I don't know. Um, you've both been in my MX-5. 
<laughs> you didn't see that coming, did no, you? No, I didn't. It's great to think about the MX-5 sometimes. <laughs> um, to anyone who doesn't know, uh, Brooksy drives what is the, the definitive hairdresser's car. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, mean, I haven't driven it for like six months, actually. Been in the garage, but there you go. Yeah, but you'll get it out again in the summer, won't Hopefully. you? Hopefully. I mean, incredible. Absolutely incredible. Uh, did he enjoy his ride in it? Of course it? he did, yeah. yeah. Gave him a lift home from that event, in yeah. fact. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'll take a lift. Now he sees the car, he's like, I'll probably just cab it, actually. I'm good. Well, Anna, aside from being um, someone who has ridden in Brooksy's MX-5, is a professor of cognitive and computational neuroscience at the University of Sussex. And he's co-director of the Sussex Centre for Consciousness Science, which I think might have been called yes. the Sackler Centre or something like that for consciousness. Probably shouldn't, shouldn't draw attention to has that. has been uh, erased, I think. <laughs> uh, and if you want to know why, uh, read Empire of Pain or watch Dope Sick, um, all about the Sackler family and what a bunch of cunts they are. Um, and that's really not contentious. I think anyone would say that. Um, but what Anil does is he looks into... The, the biological basis of conscious experience or what makes us subjects in the world. And he kind of tries to bring together, he tries to do it in a really multidisciplinary way, which is quite interesting. So he brings together neuroscience and philosophy and psychology, physics, even sort of psychiatry to try and answer this fundamental question of, of neuroscience. Um, and he's currently working on a project called the Perception Census, which is trying to measure... Um, perceptual diversity so trying to work out the, the range of perceptual experience yeah. in, in the population um, so it's an online experiment and it's a set of interactive uh, sort of auditory and visual illusions things like that um, and experiments anyone can do it um, we've both done it or, we've, or in fairness we've both started it yeah, yeah. Uh, it, was, it took slightly longer Oh, it was going to take slightly longer than I it's thought. It's quite it enjoyable to. to do, isn't very, it? Very enjoyable. And yeah, you can yeah. break it up yeah. into sections. So I, yeah. I've just done the first part. Yeah, exactly. I I've just to done go the first back. part. I will go back. Yeah, but I thought that I'd finished it once I'd done the first part. <laughs> I was like, oh no, there's like 15 parts. Yeah, but um, it's quite interesting to do. It is. free time. It is. So particularly the, the ones where you know that you're that there's an illusory effect going on. And so you're sort of trying to compensate for that yeah. but also you still can't quite do it because the illusory effect is so strong Yeah, yeah. it's quite fun yeah. uh, so I recommend it uh, and you can find it on, on Annal's website which is annalseth.com also it tells you whether you're better than average uh, yeah, and stuff, I, which I, was, I like I, yeah I was better than average on all of them of course much. you were yeah, I was yeah, yeah, about it. particularly yeah. good at the, at the faces one so, Were you? I had to yeah. go back over the faces one, actually. Oh, dear. Uh, yeah, on a couple of those. Yeah, oh, dear, dear, dear. <laughs> um, uh, but it's, yeah, so it's on Anil's website, or you can just search for Perception Census Online. All right, so I can't define it as such, but I sort of think I know what consciousness is. Yeah. And what, yeah. We, you know, what we're experiencing as we go about our day to day lives. Yeah. Can you tell me exactly what it is? Uh, no, no. I mean, what do you think? Given that you've sat, uh, sat on your famous panel with all these consciousness experts and none of them can, it's unlikely I can. Yeah, very I unlikely. I think the, be okay. uh, I think the best um, description is probably quite an old one that you will know from a philosopher, Thomas Nagel. And he wrote this this uh, quite well-known paper. The bat guy. Yeah, yeah, the bat guy, exactly. So he wrote this paper called What's It Like to Be a Bat? And so the question is sort of, 
you you can try and put yourself in the bat's shoes, so to speak. <laughs> I, like, but I like the idea of that. You can sort of like the take them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slip on the bat shoes. <laughs> oh, the bat signal's up. Better put the bat shoes on. Um, so you, you can kind of imagine, sort of imagine what it's like from the bat's point of view, but you'll never really know what it is like for a bat to be a bat. Yeah. You just can't. In the same way, you can't really know what it is like you can't really know what it's like for me to be me. I can't really imagine what it, I mean, awful, I imagine, for you to be you. But you will never really know. Such a cheap shot, I mean, even, it? I know, but I couldn't resist. <laughs> uh, even, and we don't need to get into this, even to the point where you, you don't know that anyone else is conscious. There's no way. Yeah, no. There's no yeah. way of you knowing that. I don't, yeah. we're, that's a tangent we're not going to go down today. Um, but he, he essentially said um, that it, it to be conscious is for it to feel like something to be that entity yeah and and that does sort of work doesn't it you kind of go yeah i understand yeah that it for me it does definitely feel like something to be me yeah um broken i think yeah yeah broken was yeah broken was my assessment earlier because (laughs) i just i'm just really really tired um so that would be yeah i i don't i don't really think i can get any elaborate any further on that okay so I think that's it. Just feels feels like something to be the thing suggests consciousness. So we're going to go with that. Feels like you, something you, to be the thing. How that you know? It's, it's so fundamental, isn't it, to sort of our being? But how that arises in the brain is a is still one of the biggest mysteries in science. Yeah, I think oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, but I did uh, think it's probably worth getting Annal's take on it as well. What exactly is consciousness is such a difficult question. We do know intuitively what it is. It's what we lose when we fall into a dreamless sleep or go under general anesthesia. And it's what comes back when we come round again. It's really any kind of experience whatsoever. The philosopher Thomas Nagel years ago had a very nice definition of consciousness, which is... For a conscious organism, there is something it is like to be that organism. It feels like something to be me. It feels like something to be any one of you. But it doesn't feel like anything to be a table or a chair or a laptop computer or even a large language model with these new fancy chatbot things. It doesn't feel like anything to be these systems. They just do what they do. That's what consciousness is. It's not intelligence. It's not language. It's not knowing who I am, the explicit sense of being and ill-seth. I mean, those, those are all kind of optional parts. At essence, it's any kind of experience whatsoever. For a conscious system, there's experiencing going on. Well, I mean, I know people who would object to that and say that a table might have a degree of consciousness. Oh, sort of panpsychism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a guy called Philip Goff, who's at mm. Durham, I think. Who's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's very big on that. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I anyway, mean, I mean, we're gonna, we could get into a lot of arguments. Yeah. yeah we? Well, I mean, this is a field that is dominated by people arguing about stuff <laughs> yeah, yeah. because it's so yeah, it's so slippery. It's a bit like intelligence, actually. Although I do think that intelligence and consciousness are often conflated, and they are definitely different things. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can, I mean, actually, the sort of this relates to our chatbot episode. But okay. You could start to ascribe intelligence to various AIs. Yeah. Consciousness, I think, much less so. 
And Anul, actually, interestingly, is definitely of the view that it's a sort of intrinsic part of being a biological organism that gives that somehow gives rise to consciousness. And he, he doesn't think it's likely that an artificial intelligence will, will end up with that it could it could have something that looks very much like sort of human level intelligence. If that is human level intelligence, mm. but still not be conscious. Ooh. It still he still doesn't think it would it would it would mean anything to to ask the question, does it feel, does this compute, does this AI yeah, yeah, feel I mean, like That's such a good question to ask, isn't it? Yeah. Because you can sort of say, oh, you it know, it's intelligent, it does all these things, it's responsive and everything, but does it feel something? Yeah, does it feel like anything to be yeah, that Does it have AI? an experience of the world? No, and, and, yeah. and Anna would say almost certainly, I mean, at the moment, definitely not. Yeah. And he, he thinks even in the future, probably not. Yeah. Um, but again, that would be that would be contested. Yeah. The sort of the panpsychic thing of like you look at a, a rock and go, is that conscious? Intuitively, you uh, you say, well, of course not. Yeah. But I think that the sort of research into consciousness is almost uh, plagued by intuition. Because it's not really good enough in science to say, well, intuitively, yeah, I yeah, don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that, that can't be. Um, you sort of need to demonstrate exactly why. And until you can kind of <laughs> conclusively say what it is, it's quite hard to prove that something doesn't have it. Yeah, Because yeah. I mean, a rock doesn't... The thing is that the way that we ascribe consciousness at the moment, just sort of in our day-to-day -day life, is through examining behaviour. So you have to look at something, sort of doing something, to yeah. assess that, oh, yeah, it must have a, a degree of consciousness. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and a rock clearly exhibits no behaviour, but does that necessarily mean it isn't conscious? I mean, I would still like. I, I'm not really believing anything I'm saying here, but you know what I mean. Yeah, like, I, I do. I mean, intuitively, obviously, you look at a rock and you say, "Well, that's not conscious." I can, mm. you know, kick that down the street or whatever. That's fine, and it doesn't have any experience of being kicked. It, it doesn't feel like something to be a rock that's being kicked y down the street. Yeah, but because I can't. I mean, you can't prove a negative, can you? So, no, not so, really. So there's no way of sort of backing that up in science. Well, except, well, you could if, if you said, okay, this is the, you require this setup, this minimum setup in order for consciousness to arise, and I can demonstrate this rock doesn't yeah, have it. So if you then, accept that that minimal setup, then that, yeah, yeah, I can, yeah. I can expect, but it, yeah, I can I, see how you can do that. But, but I think that one thing that, I, I feel must be true, and I think most consciousness researchers would agree, is that we're not really talking about a binary here. It's not no, sort no. of you're. It's not conscious or conscious. It's a it's a gradual thing, um, and sort of trying to work out where something becomes conscious though is quite difficult. And then ascribing levels of consciousness is also really yes. difficult. Yeah, um, and we certainly assume that our level of consciousness obviously is is the best one or the highest yeah, one and and it it probably is of the things that we of the organisms that we know i mean i don't know that ours is the best or i'm not yeah, even so sure i really mean best i mean I, I maybe most elaborate or sophisticated Perhaps that's true in depth yeah i mean i i don't know that ours is any more elaborate than say a dolphin's i mean there's well, there's, yeah, I mean, how no would you indication how, that, yeah, how, there's no way to tell, you, is there? I, I suppose that the, the fact that we can label stuff and discuss it because we have language 
certainly means that we have an ability to kind of reflect on it yeah. that a dolphin definitely doesn't have. So that gives us an extra sort of so layer it gives, of I think that does give us not consciousness. Only, yeah, it's, yeah I, in a po- sense. Possibly. Self-consciousness and, and yeah. consciousness of consciousness. Like, you know, a consciousness of consciousness. Yeah, it's a sort of it's quite a, meta, yeah, but yeah, I, think yeah, that, yeah. That, I do think that that's sort of relevant. Yeah. Um, and we know that, yeah, dolphins communicate, but we also, I think, know that they're not yeah. discussing levels they're of not, consciousness. They're not doing panels on consciousness, are they? Uh, no, no. Uh, even if they just wandered in off the street. <laughs> Actually, Brooksy, stand down. We've got a dolphin uh, who's going to moderate this. <laughs> we think just as well qualified. <laughs> Take the sponge off your nose, you weirdo. Uh, that was directed at you, obviously, not the dolphin. Oh. All right. Do, we don't know what consciousness is. Do we know anything about when it arose or how it evolved? Well, the evolution of consciousness is something I asked Anil about, as well as what the purpose of our consciousness might be. There's a whole way of thinking in philosophy called epiphenomenalism, which is basically the claim that consciousness has no function. It's like the the steam above the steam whistle in a steam train. It's there because that's the way steam engines work, but it doesn't actually do anything. This idea has always struck me as flat-out crazy. Consciousness is so deeply embedded into our daily lives. It gives us feelings of pleasure and pain, of joy and suffering, things feel good or bad. It gives us these sensations in the context of a perception of of the world with all its colors and shapes and objects and opportunities and scary things. It seems very clear, at least at first glance, that consciousness is very, very useful for us. It integrates a lot of information across vision, across hearing, across smell, across emotion in a particular way that suggests what we should do next. We experience ourselves at the centre of this unfolding scene. There's the, the famous uh, biologist Theodore Dobzhansky who always said that nothing in biology makes sense except in light of evolution, and I don't think consciousness is any different. It has a function, and that function helps us understand it. The question of when consciousness emerged in evolution is, is much harder to answer because it doesn't leave a fossil record. Now, we can look at the evolution of flight, or of, of mammals or of arms and legs by, by looking at the fossil record and seeing when we see the first ancestral indications of these things. But consciousness doesn't leave a trace like that, so it's a lot more speculative. My hunch is that consciousness emerged around the time of the Cambrian explosion when a lot of the, the modern blueprints for the animals that we see around us today were first formed. But this is a, you know, there, there are other guesses that are honestly equally good. There's really no way of discerning them. Okay, so it's woolly, difficult, difficult to pinpoint. What do we know at least about the kind of neuroscience of consciousness? Like, you know, I'm pretty sure it originates in my brain. Mm-hmm. Do we know anything about how that happens? I think we know a bit. And we'll get into that after the break. Of course we will. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. And we're back. So, so yeah, one, one of the things that Anil tries to do is, uh, and, and lots of other people in, in the field try and do, is, is look for sort of concrete physical things that you can measure that yeah, might yeah. give you an idea of, of what's going on in the brain giving rise to consciousness or things that kind of correlate with consciousness. Yeah. Um, and and there's, lots of, um, there's lots of different approaches, lots of different theories that, to be honest... Um, I, I mean, I've read about them a number of times, and I can't understand them. So, like integrated information theory, global uh, workplace yeah, theory, yeah. all this kind of stuff. The sort of the the common feature, I think, is this idea of neural synchrony. So, it's definitely true that it's not just one bit of the brain that is giving rise to, to consciousness. So, and, and we know this because there are lots of examples from, you know, people with brain injuries or, you know, surgery and so on, where you can, you, you know, you can completely get rid of one bit or one bit can be completely broken and loads of stuff stops working, but the conscious experience still okay. is, is maintained. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we don't think it's one, it's one bit of the brain. It looks like it's sort of coordinated activity across a huge number of neurons all in different bits of uh, of the brain that are kind of integrating information across these different regions um and it seems like that is probably what is generating conscious experience but even that to me is a bit sort of like i don't really know what that means 
It means it's complicated. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it certainly means it's complicated. <laughs> so, I mean, um, what that says to me is, I mean, I, I quite like the idea because I don't think, you know, I don't think it makes sense that you could just say, oh, this bit of the brain here, this does consciousness. No, no, because no. Because it no. is such a sort of global phenomenon in yeah, terms of yeah. all of our attention, our conscious yeah. experience, our memories, ev- yeah. everything is sort of all tied together with language and interpreting language and you know, sensing the world and stuff. So and you imagine sort of it is the, a whole brain yeah. endeavour. And there's a sort of an obvious... Um, and, and it is actually sort of obvious, I think, when you, when you consider that you're experience of the world is integrating all different kinds of sensory yeah. um, experiences and, and trying to or not experience sensory inputs and then combining them into what you what you perceive yeah um, and that's not just one it's not just vision it's not just sound it's not just touch it's not just so you you, you can see that those things would need to be tied together somehow yeah in order to create your 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 perception. The most I think the most interesting part is is all going back to uh, Annal's perception census. How much your brain is doing from inside? How much work it's doing to produce your perception of, of the real world? Yeah. So I think the idea used to be that your brain is taking in all this sensory input and it's assembling it and going, okay, that's what. That, that that's what's going on out here. Yeah, and actually, what it looks like is it it's a prediction engine. So it is predicting what it thinks is going to be is going to be going on, and then it's kind of taking in the sensory inputs, and it's saying, okay, well, we thought it was going to be this. We're getting this sensory input. So our best guess of what all of this is is this perception. Right. So it's sort of it's not. It's not just uh, top down, if you see what I mean. Oh, so we create something we, we, effectively we, from the bottom up, that, and hope yeah, that the and, two and, match. and then yeah, exactly. And if and if they don't, then then the brain sort of does some work, some sort of like well Bayesian calculations, really, of trying to work out what the fuck's going on if it if it's if they don't yeah, match. Okay, yeah, okay. So it's, yeah. it's coming up with. I I actually think that's maybe a good in terms of just perception. What we consciously see is the brain's best guess of the causes of the sensory input that it's taken in. Yeah, okay. Right. Um, yeah. And and your kind of your normal perception is a is like a sort of is like a fantasy that's created in your head that is then constrained by reality. Does that okay. make, does yeah, that make yeah, some yeah. sense? Yeah, that's an interesting yeah. kind of way to think about it. So you're kind of world. you've got this I mean what well when Manuel talks about it, he talks about a kind of hallucination controlled hallucination so you're you have this hallucination that's purely in in your brain yeah and then you have this sensory input that kind of then limits it uh, okay and that's why yeah. when you do when you take certain sort of mind expanding drugs and stuff you might then your perception goes wild because you're slightly taking the reins off yeah which is interesting and yeah, you can see yeah, that in yeah, some yeah, in yeah. some experiments yeah um but it is funny like it's just funny to think about the fact that the brain is just it's just a sort of load of matter, like locked within a skull. Like it has no contact with the outside world, except what's all fed it's to it. yeah. All it's got are these are these electrical impulses, yeah. And it's just trying to sort of figure out from that what might be what might be happening. So it's effectively a bit like you know the simulation thing, isn't it? Where what we're effectively experiencing could be fed to us in all kinds of ways, yeah. 
we you know we think it's just the outside world but mm. but you could take over the inputs to my brain and just feed in whatever you like yeah. really yeah but but also even so the the rubber hand illusion um which is you, you would have seen and it's, yes, and it's yeah, really yeah. well known yeah. is a great example i think of the brain just having a best guess of what's going on. So yeah. if you haven't seen it, the rubber hand example uh, illusion is really fun. You just uh, you sort of hide your uh, one of your arms behind a screen, yeah. and then in front of the screen you have uh, a rubber hand with a sort of with with an arm attached. So it's sort of the rubber hand is sort of in a place where your arm could be, and you yeah. can't see your actual arm. Yeah. And then you 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 gently brush uh, your actual hand. You can't see that happening. And the rubber hand. And someone hand else is brushing the, the rubber yeah, hand so, at the same so time. You, yeah, you brush, brush them both. Uh, and I like after the way a while, you're like, you're revving like, yeah. a motorbike yeah, on the. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you're doing them both. And after a while, your, your brain is just saying, well, the sensory input I'm getting is I can feel my the hand getting stroked. I'm looking down. I can see it. It hand. matches, doesn't that's it? That's probably. That, yeah. the, the the best guess I've got is that's probably our hand. Yeah, which is incredible, isn't it? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We we know it isn't. <laughs> we definitely know it isn't, but it will start to feel like it is. And if somebody says to you, "No, but your hand's behind the screen," remember? Yeah, they're like yeah, but, is it, it, but is it? We're is not it? entirely. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and and you, you know, it's the sort of thing where you come in and then pretend to like stab oh, someone, yeah, yeah. and immediately you will pull your your actual hand back. Yeah. Yeah, um, because never gets old that. No, by the way. and it's really, it's really good. worth finding that on YouTube. It's it's lovely stuff actually, um, and some people are a bit more um, susceptible to that than others actually. So it doesn't work brilliantly for everyone, but for some people it works. I think it would work really well on you. I think I've done it actually. It did work quite well. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can imagine <laughs> yeah, that. Which is disappointing. <laughs> you want to think you're going to be like, well, no, it's it's a rubber hand. Come on, um, but but yeah, and that that. Yeah, that is the brain just being deceived. What sort of... I mean, because I think you can make an argument that's the, that's the brain working quite well. Like, with the available information, Yeah, um, it's it's doing it's doing a good job. Yeah. Um, it's just that... Yeah, because it's easy, isn't it, to kind of default to the, like, oh, we're so dumb, you know, we're so yeah, easily fooled. Yeah. But actually, you know, what we're doing is trying to be efficient with our information processing. Yeah. And you can't take in every bit of information that's out there. You can't be doing every bit of processing so there has to be some shortcuts and those shortcuts will mean there is room to kind of exploit them but that's fine because it, it's not like we walk into situations every day where somebody's going to stab our rubber hand or whatever you know I mean? no no exactly, exactly so it doesn't really matter in evolutionary terms that we fall for these things does it no no definitely not um and it's the same with um some but it would matter that we were overloaded with information and couldn't yeah function. yeah 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 completely um but it's the same with things like that there's a there's a famous optical illusion. I can't think what it's what it's called. Where it's a it's a checkerboard with a kind of um, an object in in the corner that appears to be casting a shadow, and it and it and, and it says this square and this square are they different color? Oh yeah, yeah, color grays. Yeah, and you look at it and go, they're definitely different color. One is dark gray and one is light gray. Yeah, and there's no question. And then you can demonstrate that actually they are exactly the same gray, and your brain's like. What? Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then you take you you, you take the, the demonstration away. So you take the you, you joined it up with it. You move the squares line, and yeah, and, yeah. and you and you go no no look it's uh, and then your brain just goes yeah they're, they're different colours again yeah yeah I've seen that we'll link and, to that and on you, Twitter and you yeah, can't yeah. Um, you a hundred percent know but you can't override what your brain is yeah. doing 
which is interesting. And it's the same, it's really the same with the rubber hand, isn't it? Where you 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 know that that isn't your hand consciously, but you, you, your brain's got other ideas. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of better safe than sorry in a sense, isn't it? Oh, well, yeah. So I get the rubber hand illusion. Mm. I get that it sort of questions our kind of understanding of who we are or, or you know, sort of our perception of the world or something. But does it actually have anything to say about the nature of consciousness? Well, I guess, I mean, it says something about our perception of the of the world and our embodiment and how, um, I guess, how easy it is to hack it. In in, okay, in, in, yeah, in some yeah. ways, so whether that is through, yeah, something like the rubber hand illusion, or optical illusions, or even auditory illusions, or or sort of illusions that combine both, uh, uh, there are examples of which in in that um, perception census, or through hypnosis, or through uh, dr- certain types of drugs, you can really kind of mess with what you think is quite fixed so you're so something like your kind of perception of your body yeah you 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 feel like well that's that's just you know that that just is yeah like i can't change that but some yeah the rubber hand illusion very clearly demonstrates that it's all everything is a product of the brain's interpretation of sensory information and it will constantly be updating that yeah um but it has this it's it's all about priors. It's sort of prior expectation, um, and then how the sensory input then interacts with. Uh, that. Okay, and you can and you can basically mess with that. You you, you can mess with that, in, and that in tells you something ways. about yeah. how it works. I yeah, guess. yeah. It's not so. I suppose actually, the, the the neatest way of thinking is our perception is not like a passive. It's, it's in no way is it. It's really active. Uh, okay. So right, so yeah, it's yeah. not like we're just sort of receiving the information and then going, yeah, okay, that's the information. This is what we think. It's I, th- my brain already thinks that this, and now it's getting this information, and it's like, yeah, okay, so we'll tweak that a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, roughly what we. So thought. consciousness isn't just like reacting to what's coming in and having feelings about no, it. Consciousness no. is a creation of yeah. a world within us, yeah. which includes us and how we feel. Or the, and then that gets checked against yeah. inputs. Yeah. So there's a really, and this, I think this encapsulates all of consciousness research. So when uh, Anil did this, I think it was a TED talk, um, uh, about five years ago, um, and it's really good and it's worth, it's worth watching, all about consciousness. And he talks about the fact it's sort of this, uh, like a, hallucination of sorts controlled hallucination yeah um and he talks about having this inner movie um in 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 your head yeah um and uh daniel dennett the the, the philosopher yeah. was in the audience and, and also he was really he was like there was like thousands of people there and the only person who was nervous about being there was with dan dennett, <laughs> and he knows him really well yeah and afterwards dan dennett was like really liked it so it was really good the only issue uh, was when you talked about the inner movie and uh, Anna was like, oh, ha- how come? He's like, well, who's watching it? Uh, and Anna was like, yeah, <laughs> I am. Yeah, yeah. And, and, that, and that's it. You just, you've, yeah, honestly, yeah, you go yeah. around in circles yeah. with this stuff. Um, and, and there isn't an answer. To, clearly, there's not an answer to that. Yeah. Um, Apart from fuck off, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck off, smart ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've just done. Uh, I reckon it's said so. It's going to get millions of views. So, and <laughs> um, so I guess what I mean. I think we know um, what our summation is going to be. Uh, will we ever understand consciousness? 
it, for me, it has to be, it does still have to be a no. Really? <laughs> like I don't, you know, because it's too tricky a concept to pin down. I do, I do, I do think that. I'm going for yes, because I just, I don't think there are things that are beyond science somehow. Really? I, well, not in that way. I think that's a phenomenon. Surely we can... I don't know. There's been too many times when people have said, oh, we can never understand No, it's, that. it's true. It's true. There's, there's plenty of examples of people eventually solving stuff. But yeah. Th- this feels like something that has preoccupied us for a really long time. We've been at it for a really long time. Lots of different... We've got ages, though, haven't we? Yeah, I suppose we have, yeah. Um, <laughs> lots of different angles. Um, I do think that th- this kind of neural correlates uh, research where you're just looking for... So there's there's some people... I don't really know how it works. But you basically you zap the brain and you kind of look at how, the, how the, 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 the electrical waves are kind of echoing around and you can sort of draw certain inferences and actually come up with a measure of sort of level of consciousness. So almost like a numerical value on it. And you can see it changing. So from someone who is fully awake, someone who's asleep, someone who's in, in like a coma or whatever. And you can see, yeah, the number it's like, we, I can't think what it's, um, what the quantity is even called actually, but like below 0.3 on this scale, you're basically not conscious anymore and above that, but you can sort of see it increasing. Yeah, yeah. And, and that sort of thing feels interesting. And, yeah. and kind of exciting to actually be able to put a measure on degree of consciousness. Exactly. Because then you might be able to do that with other with other organisms and start to kind of. Um, but that's still not telling you sort of what, what it is. What it is. Yeah, it, you just come up with a way of measuring it. And obviously, if you look at the history of science, one of the big ways that we get to the bottom of stuff is by working out ways to measure it. Yeah. So it's definitely a, a We're step on the right, in the right path. direction. We're on the right yeah. path. Yeah. Just give them time. Um, I suppose so. Uh, I think I think I'm not particularly optimistic. Let's see what Anna has to say. From where we stand now, consciousness does seem mysterious, but the whole history of science, including things like our understanding of life, has shown us that things that seem mysterious at one time no longer seem mysterious and become understandable as part of the wider patterns of nature, of the physical universe. So I'm optimistic. I think with the tools we have and the tools we're developing, we will at some point come to understand how consciousness arises from or depends on the brain. We'll be able to explain its properties, predict when consciousness happens and what kind of conscious states happen, even control it. And that's all science can do. It can explain, predict and control phenomena. But where it might fall short is in the intuitive satisfaction that it gives us. Because when we're explaining consciousness, we're trying to explain us. And that's a unique situation. To ask that of a scientific explanation is to ask a lot. I mean, we already can understand a lot of things about black holes, but we have no good intuition about why why these work. It's very, very difficult indeed. But I think we'll get to a point where consciousness is understood and we see ourselves more as part of nature than apart from nature. Hmm... I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, I like his optimism. Yeah, but yeah, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with that. Like the guy, like this is what he does. 
yeah. for a living. Yeah, yeah. And needs to get funding for stuff. Like he has to say, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Cynic. No, no, no. I just say you've got to be optimistic. That's a cynical view. No, but it's sort of true. He can't sit here and go, no, absolutely no chance. No, but, uh, exactly. So that's what I said at the beginning, isn't it? It's like if you're a consciousness researcher, you, you you're in it because you think there's a hope of of getting yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. So he's not going to get up in the morning and say, I know this is a dead end, but I'll mm. go and do it. You know, no. I'll go back to the lab. I thought the. The black hole comparison's interesting, isn't it? Because I know what he means that yes, we sort of like we can, you know, through equations and you know, sophisticated maths, we can kind of describe them. Do we, do, I mean, would you say we understand them? It's sort of it's maybe a semantic argument. Well, we don't understand everything about them, do we? Because no. part of it is they, the maths doesn't work all the way through. Yeah, and it, it goes down. to infinity yeah. and, bre- and the laws yeah. break down and everything. So, yeah. so hopefully consciousness isn't like that, actually. No. I mean, he, he also invoked life and, and we don't understand what life is. I, yeah, I was well. surprised that he said we understand life. I was like, because we don't really, me, do we? Yeah. We don't know what the, where the, just as we don't know where the sort of collective stuff of neurons gives you consciousness mm. we don't know where the collective stuff of chemistry gives you life no no i mean and you're always dancing around like definitely not wanting a conclusion which is something like and then there's a sort of weird life force uh, and it's a bit it's a bit like same yeah, with same yeah. with consciousness and then, yeah, go, and then yeah. there's just this spark and you become yeah. aware and that's where the magic happens yeah. <laughs> and that feels very unsatisfactory and and implausible like it doesn't well, it's just um, not satisfactory in terms no. of science, is it? No, no. You want to be able to identify yeah. what that is. Yeah, we'll um, get there. Yeah, maybe, maybe. What's it like to be Michael Brooks? That's my next book. Terrible. Eureka is a stack production presented by Dr. Michael Brooks and Rick Edwards. The production team is Temi Adebayo, Katie Baxter, Luke Moore, and Charlie Morgan. Sound designed by Katie Baxter. Special thanks to today's expert, Professor Anil Seth. Please subscribe and rate wherever you listen to your podcast. It does make a massive difference. We also really love hearing from you guys. So if you have any burning questions you want us to answer, drop us an email at eureka at stack.london or you can find us, as always, on Twitter at EurekaPod. Eureka is a Stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.